in this third session on Philippians 3, 15 and 16, our focus will be on this phrase here, if in anything you think otherwise. Let those of us who are mature or perfect, as we talked about two sessions ago, let those of us who are mature think this way. If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So my question is, how otherwise can you think? <laughs> Father, I pray that you would show us how Paul thought about those who fell short in their thinking about his standard of truth. This is really important, Father. We, we, we don't want to pass judgment on people and write them off when they are genuine brothers and sisters, and we don't want to be deluded into thinking that people can be brothers and sisters and think anything they want. So come, give us guidance now. Paul helps us, show us how he helps us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. When I ask the question, and if in anything you think otherwise, my mind goes back to the beginning of this chapter, both for the otherwise and for the you. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the beginning of chapter 3. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord, my brothers. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Now, these are not the brothers. Look out for the dogs, the evildoers, those who mutilate the flesh. For we, now that's the, the you here. If in anything you think otherwise, for we are the circumcision, not those who simply mutilate the flesh. The true circumcision, worship by the Spirit of God, Spirit of God, glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. So those are the three marks of the we here who are definitely not part of the dogs, the evildoers, and those who mutilate the flesh. So I would say this group here is not included in this group here. And so the otherwise doesn't stretch that far. Paul is not talking about a kind of, of thinking here that would include the thinking of the, the dogs and the evil workers and those who mutilate the flesh. Or, if we jump forward in chapter 3, we see them again, perhaps, in verses 18 and 19, where he says, Many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Those are not 
the you here who think otherwise. Those are the the dogs, probably the evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Paul is not talking about them here when he says, if in anything you think otherwise. So the otherwise here is not as broad as rejecting Christ, failing to worship by the Spirit of God, not glorying in the Lord Jesus, etc. So who is it? I mean, how, how, what kind of errors can you make so that he, he can say graciously, okay, if you're making that error, God will reveal that to you. Perhaps we should go back to chapter 1 and remind ourselves of a certain group that might be in this category. Here, here's Philippians 1, 15 to 18. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel, that is, those who preach out of goodwill. The former who preach out of envy and rivalry proclaim Christ. They, they, they proclaim Christ, believe it or not. But they do it out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Now, how's he going to respond to this? What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Now, if this pretense here means they are total fakes, then they're not included, but but this might mean that these people have the gospel right. They do preach Christ because Paul rejoices in it. What then? Only that in every way Christ is proclaimed. He's, they're not preaching a false gospel, but their hearts are, are wrong. And so perhaps when he says, if in anything you think otherwise, he has those people in mind. Look at chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you're all partakers with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Paul had a, a tremendous confidence that there, was, there were real strong Christians at Philippi who were going to make it. They were going to be completed at the day of Christ Jesus. Well, then what? What are they lacking here? Well, we saw that the think this way included longing to know Christ, availing themselves of power, sharing his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and not being so arrogant as to think you're already perfected. Perhaps what they do not yet sense is how Paul embraced Christian power for the sake of suffering and becoming like him. Perhaps they just didn't get it yet. They didn't see how power become the, becomes the agent of suffering rather than escaping suffering. Perhaps 
going back to chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, where he said to them, It has been granted to you, you in whom I feel so much confidence that you are going to attain unto the day of Christ, it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Granted to you that you will suffer, engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had and now see that I still have. Perhaps when he's saying, let those of us who are mature think this way, and the this way includes power to share sufferings and become like him in his death, and they simply weren't there yet. They hadn't come that far in their maturity that they could see that part of the calling of the Christian life was a life of suffering and that power didn't save you from it, but led you through it into the likeness of Jesus' death. In any case, what we can say is that Paul had a distinction in his mind between people, the you who he knew didn't agree with everything he had just said here. They weren't living in this way entirely, and yet they were genuine believers, and he was confident. This is the solution that we'll talk about next time. God is going to do something to help these people discover the truth of what Paul is saying here and live it out. He, he knew there was a group like that, and he knew there was a group that were called dogs, evildoers, mutilators of the flesh, who were enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end was destruction, whose God was the belly. He wasn't saying that those people were included in the you here. So here's the lesson. We must be willing to recognize that some people who might even be in the church are deniers of the cross and not say that they will certainly endure to the end. Because this confidence here is very much like this confidence here. I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. God will reveal what you need to know in order to go to the end of the days faithful to him. So there is that kind. But there's also genuine believers who think otherwise, and we should be very slow to pass judgment on them or uh, dissociate ourselves from them. We should long that this would happen to them. And if we needed to happen to us, I pray this regularly. Lord, please reveal to me anything where my mind is out of sync with the Apostle Paul. <laughs> 